there are a few places that I have not been in a while, and I really don't plan on going back anytime soon, like shopping malls, bars, movie theaters, and the doctor's office. I'm good with at-home deliveries, I love front yard happy hours, uh, my Apple TV is great, and I'm cool with virtual online doctor visits. I mean, we're living in the future. Last week, two of the brightest stars in the telehealth universe announced that they were going to merge, Teladoc and Livongo. The whole idea of online high-tech healthcare is being accepted now faster than ever imagined. These stocks have been on fire. Their combined market cap pre-pandemic was $8 billion. And now just a few months later, that $8 billion has pushed way up to $38 billion. But after announcing the merger, both stocks tanked. They dropped around 20%. So what's going on here? Was that an overreaction? Is this a buying opportunity? Or does the market know best and anticipate some kind of downside to this merger? Today on Dumb Money Live, we're talking to our close friend, investing partner, and all-around favorite medical doctor, Chase Feiger. He's been on our show several times. He's a startup founder. He's an early-stage investor. He literally went to medical school just to better understand how to evaluate medical investment opportunities. We're going to hear his thoughts on the merger and why the market reacted the way it did about these two monster tech companies becoming one. Coming up. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey there, Dave here. Welcome back to Dumb Money Live. This is really an exciting show. Anytime Chase is on, it is going to be a good show. We have we have so much to get to today. So that is our main subject. We have, um, well, before we even start that, we have to talk about that like button because, you know, this is not our normal day. We're normally on Mondays and Thursdays and it's apparently Tuesday. So um, smash the proverbial like button, if you will, to uh, wake up the YouTube algorithm, get the thing going here. Also, live chat, that signals to the YouTube algorithm that uh, we are cool and worth watching. So why don't you just let us know down in the chat if you have any questions for Chase about this whole mega merger of these telehealth companies. And uh, yeah, plus we're, we're doing some other things today. We're, we're trying out some new segments, a couple of new things that we want to try out. I don't know if we should tease that a little bit, but uh, this is this is a big show for us. Uh, and Chris, are you there? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here, Dave. I'm here. Dave, this is bigger than big. We don't actually cover things like this that often. What I mean is today's today's not about telehealth. I mean, dude, today we're talking about potentially the next Peloton today, potentially the next Lululemon, potentially the next Apple, the next Amazon, okay? The, yeah, this, this is just not any – these are two giants in the industry. Teladoc, I've invested in Teladoc. I'm not in it right now. I'm not actually in either of these right now. But today's when I decide, has this pullback presented a buying opportunity? Let me just pull up the charts here. Yeah, down 5% today. So, oh, wow. um Yeah. Guys, this is 
How many times have we used the words, and it's not just us this year, generational investing opportunity, right? And and like we've used that quite a bit this year, probably more than we've had the last two or three years combined. Um, and when we use those words, they're pretty powerful. You know, generational investment opportunity is something that is, has potential to be truly game changing, right? Yep. Something that has potential to deliver 10, 20, 30, 40x returns over the course of time. And that just doesn't come around very often, um, obviously, right? And so you really need to think about this different. You know what I did? I, you know, I know you know exactly what I did this last week preparing for this episode. I did what I do. I meditate about generational investment opportunities because I feel like if there's one thing that we could bring to the people watching this show today, it's let's cut out the noise right? Let's cut out all this media hype, all just all the noise, all right? And let's, let's really look at what this can potentially be. Because there are not a lot of opportunities like this where you have a company that can potentially disrupt and change a, a trillion dollar industry, okay? Yeah. And this is one. It's not that it's going to happen. It's not that there aren't risk. Um, there are plenty of risk in this trade. But the scenarios, when, and we'll work through the scenarios on this episode. When we work through the scenarios over the next decade, there are more scenarios than not that lead this company to be the next Apple, right? The Apple of health, right? Yes. The, the Amazon of health. And that's not to say that Apple and Amazon won't also be the Apple and Amazon of health because the health industry is actually that big, okay? It's that big to where we could have two or three monsters erupt over the next 10 to 15 years and this is the one that's not an existing monster right that has potential to be one of those monsters and we'll, we'll kind of talk through that in today's episode i'm so guys, I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this i just got the text from chase he is going to be joining us uh, at the half hour mark so it's eight after now so he's going to join us at 30 after so stay tuned for that um, I do want to talk about some of these other things that we that we're going to try out on the show today and because it's so new I have it written down because I can't remember what these things are called <laughs> but this is, this is just kind of a work in progress and when you watch the live show you're able to see kind of not only our raw thoughts about everything investing related we, we just tell you we tell it like it is but we're trying out new things for you so we're trying a couple of featured segments that we want to maybe even take clips from and put it over on the original dumb money channel so first we're going to take a closer look at how we uh, use data to evaluate ideas it's something we we've done from time to time but we're going to like try to condense that information into a nice bite-sized portion for you and a little feature we call show me the data and then a little bit later on, we're going to have a stock versus stock battle between two of the most talked about stocks right now. Uh, these, yes. <laughs> these things are <laughs> off the chart right now. Um, they were up, they're down, and we are going to have this head-to-head -head competition decide what we would do. Little segment we're calling "Would You Rather." So stick around. Hey, without that without is, saying yes. I'll say without saying what the stocks are, like I can't even believe we're about to talk about these two stocks today. Like I, I did, I, did I just say I meant I to say? Did I not wait say for that segment? I, it's I, not just the two stocks; it's that they're totally just, but they've been brought together by the world. They, 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 <laughs> bringing these two, bringing these two stocks together is just, I, I just 
It took me only all in 2020 day yesterday and all night to figure out which way I was going to go on this. And I can't wait to tell I you. I know exactly which way I'm going to go. You, you, I, I do too. I do too. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't as easy as I thought. <laughs> oh man, this is, this is going to be good. You need to stick around to the end of the episode. Uh, to see that segment or whenever we end up doing it after chase, uh, after don't chase yeah, today. We're, we're going to do the data uh, right after chase. And then a little bit later on, we're going to, we're going to try out. Would you rather for the first time ever, it's a dumb money live exclusive and we're excited about it. And I've, but Dave, aren't we going to do this? Like, like every week, like, isn't this going to be, this is going to be like want a these to be kind of, yeah. programmatic thing, ongoing things that you can look forward to. And we're going to, you know, kind of like we always have a topic that we talk about. We're going to have reasons to talk about whatever two stocks and well, you know, sometimes we love we looking focus at the madness, right? And we can go mad. We can go crazy on topics, but we might as well focus our energy a few times during the show and really give some value. A is little. this Jordan to, to 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 restrict my rambling on so you can start to eat lunch with your family more? That's often? right. That's right. Yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> well, I'm I'm I actually wrote down a like a list of times so that when we hit a certain time, I'm going to say, okay, time to move on because we value your oh. time. We know we've been doing these three hour episodes and we love it and we're so passionate about what we do that we just don't even re realize. It's like we're we're you know when you're in a casino and you don't have a clock and you just kind of are there and don't know how long you've been there. That's how I feel like this show is. And so we're, we're now going to try to just structure a little bit. It's still going to be whatever well, sometimes random Sometimes it's not stuff. a show. It's just what we would do if we were hanging out anyways, right? So we might as well make it a show. You're dropping in on our own Zoom <laughs> yeah. call. This is what we would be doing anyway, right? But is it, yeah, isn't our average time of like when we do our barbecue lunches which is like two to three times a week it, it they last about two to two and a half hours right so this is essentially replacing that is all it's really doing minus the barbecue and like jordan you need to start like smoking up some meat and just <laughs> we'll, we'll i'll send a courier over before the show on no, I'll, just, I'll, I'll drive over and drop some off i'll just would that be weird if i just dropped a brisket Dude, off no, on your front? no that would not be weird at all that would be appreciated <laughs> I'll take it. Okay, can I just let me just let me frame this because I think I think it's really important for people to see how big this is. This is digital health, it's telemedicine, it's remote monitoring, it is the miniaturization of smart devices for health, okay? Um, it's patient monitoring. It is the one thing where literally everybody wins. How often can you say that? Um, about an industry segment where this disruption, there is not a single person in this industry sector that doesn't win from this. In fact, this is actually bigger than an investment. This, the reason why I'm so excited about this, guys, is because you could actually invest in something that could change the world. And I really mean, like, not like, oh, it's going to change the world. Like, this stuff, I see it so clearly how this is going to disrupt and save the world from a health perspective. And it's kind of mind blowing. And in my research, I kind of surfaced some things that quite honestly, I've been invested in tele, uh, Teladoc all year, as you guys know. I didn't even really understand the implications for how far this could go beyond borders in terms of bringing great health to the entire world. And it's just, I love this so much. I love investing in something where I just don't win financially. But when I win, the entire world wins. And that's what today is all about. This is about really kind of solving small problems, 
before they turn into really big problems, okay? And it's something that everybody can get behind. The government, right? Yeah. All the governments, uh, the people, companies, like the, the financial markets, like, and I feel like it should be so much bigger than it is right now. And I can't believe we're sitting here mid-2020 talking about the first mega merger in digital health. Like, we should have had 10 of these already, right? That's you right. You get what I'm saying yeah. here? It's an, it's, a, it's an industry that was just thrust into being a more mature industry kind of out of nowhere. So Yeah, well, it's not even that. So what I think is that um, th this is probably the most inefficient industry that we have between, you know, insurance companies and payers and corporations all doing, you know, different, you know, levels of work for the healthcare or for the, uh, you know, for healthcare. It's this, this kind of cuts a lot of that out, right? And lets you get easy access to a doctor, way less expensive, um, way less overhead. And so it's basically people's health is, are going to benefit. And then the bottom line should benefit too, right? We, we shouldn't be paying as much as we're paying for healthcare. And this is one way uh, that we can start to make a dent in uh, what we're paying for healthcare right now. So I think I've, uh, I have another segment that we need to make a reoccurring thing. I know that Chris loves to rant. I have a rant about how inefficient and terrible the healthcare in insurance thing is. I've, I've ranted a little about it on my other channel. Uh, if you watch that super long 30-minute video, there's a little mini rant about insurance and everything. Uh, but if we have time later, I will tell you the story of how uh, I didn't have insurance but didn't know about it and was paying my premiums. And my once-a-year doctor visit fell during the seven days that they had canceled the old, old policy and no one told me and then a new one hadn't started. So I had, I got a bill for $1,500 for lab tests, just normal every, the fact that that's a $1,500 bill that unless you have insurance negotiating it down for you, that blows my mind. And the fact that now I keep getting this reminder to pay it, I've been disputing it this whole time with the insurance company. I kind of just told the story, but that's how inefficient this is. It's it, Dave, everything about it is terrible. I, I want to start with one thing that blew my mind in my research because I was not an investor in Lobongo and I kind of hate myself for not being one. And I kind of hate. Never, I didn't really I even know, know much what about else it. I hate, what do you I hate? I hate Chase, who's coming on uh, <laughs> this show in about 10 minutes because he is supposed to be our, you know, he's our wire into the health and med tech space. He's got, got Chase was teledocking. Uh, he was building his teledoc company way before the pandemic. He is so deep in this world. For those of you guys who haven't read Chase's article, he wrote an article for Forbes last week on the whole teledoc Lavongo merger. It's an incredible article. Um, but how did he not tell us about Lavongo earlier? It makes I am so pissed off at right. him right I now. Can I can't wait to blame myself for not investing in this company. But really, I should just—I should take the easy way out and blame Chase for me not investing in this totally company. He's telling us how much he loves this company, and I'm like, why have you never said the name of this company before? Like you wrote this article about the merger. Yes, yes. Like, like we, there's no excuses for that. And I'm going to rip him when he gets on. Fire on this one. When, when he gets yeah, on. Yeah, no, it's. It's not okay because, like, I feel like I feel like I haven't been on top of this space because we have Chase, and now I, you know, he's disappointing me, and I have to like get more. I don't have time to cut, to follow healthcare too. But <laughs> here, here, here's the thing: this Lavongo CEO is a really passionate guy, and he actually come, he developed the company out of his own. He had health issues, and that's kind of why he developed 
uh, part of why he kind of did what he did with Lavongo. That company has a, I think it's Lavongo now, and not it could it could be it could be it could be um, Teladoc. I think it's Lavongo. It's Lavongo. They have a net promoter score. And for those of you guys that don't know what a net promoter score, it's like the most important thing. It's the most talked about topic in 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 the invest in the investment world when it comes to private companies. And, and, and really, in any figure out it's in in marketing world. It's it's like if you're going to only ask one survey question. It's the net promoter score. And the question is, how likely are you to recommend this business service customer, whatever, to your friends, right? That's the net promoter score. It's it's big time, right? Like it, that thing, that score is what really, how we really understand the need and the, and, and the depth of interest uh, behind a product or service in a, in a single question. And their net promoter score is like 80 Four for Le- when's the last time you heard of a net promoter score of in the mid '80s for a health-related or med-related company? That's kind of insane, guys. But does that even matter? Because this company—I mean, it's not like they're a DTC company. I mean, that like everything is about sure, and they, getting but, the but pay- they the payer or the uh, no. or company to sign on. To make it available to you. Yeah, but Jordan, no, but they are because even though your company signs on, they only make money when the indivi- the consumer raises their hand and says, right. I want to take you up on your free offer that my company's paying for yeah. 75 bucks a month to get my uh, diabetes monitored, you know, uh, 24-7. And so, like, like, even though, yes, it is technically it's a B2B to C, a B2B to C company, they still need the word of mouth to say, hey, uh, I, this is a game changer for me. It's so cool. You get your free strips or whatever the motivation is. You have to like it to tell a friend who has diabetes oh, or wow. someone else in your company. Well, really, that was kind of the deal with the with Teladoc. Also, is that they're um, before COVID at least. Um, you know, a lot of their utilization rates weren't up there. They were like less than five percent. But I think they've jumped. They've almost doubled their utilization rate. Um, you know, post this pandemic, which is you know. And, and you know the hardest thing, and we we'll get into this. It's you know there is a tr- there is a perspective here and there's a scenario because listen we have to bring it back to the same thing that we do every episode we prepare our mind we run scenarios and then we invest based on the most likely scenarios right and there are scenarios that exist that say that when the pandemic the pandemic is over please let it be over at some point next year when it is over that people no longer have a motivation to do something like Teladoc, or they don't have as much of a motivation to do something like Lavongo. And should we just clearly state for anyone that doesn't understand what these two companies do, uh, what they actually do? Yeah, let's do it. Go ahead. Well, I'll start with Lavongo because I actually had no idea what Lavongo did until I started researching it um, just recently. So they basically are a technology, a device and cloud enabled technology company. And I, it's hard to like put into words what they do, but they basically provide blood pressure monitors and uh, blood sugar monitors and things that can be like worn, like wearables kind of, that constantly monitor you and send that data up to the cloud and an AI platform that tailors recommendations to your specific uh you know, case, whatever, whatever, if you, if you have diabetes and you're wearing a blood sugar monitor and they see a change, then within, within like 30 seconds, you get a text from, you know, from a 
I, I don't know, the, the cloud or something telling you that this is something that you could do to, you know, go on a walk or you, do you want to talk to an advisor or things like that? So it's like this really yeah, Dave. amazing, like, blending of technology and humans and, uh, like, wearables and AI. Dave, and I think it's important to state that while they do this for a few different sectors, including just general health, like 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 weight loss, and and I think there's a couple other things. Almost all of their revenue, it might be a hundred percent of the revenue, comes from diabetes monitoring, right? So yes. blood blood sugar monitoring, and and they've proven that through that active monitoring, uh, that they are able to actually lower the medical cost of someone with diabetes by getting in front of issues rather than letting those issues creep up because not everyone that has diabetes does a great job of, of self-monitoring. Uh, so by having them monitor it using data, and a big part of this company is the cloud data. They have so much data. They have 350,000 people on the diabetes monitoring right now, um, up from like 100 and some odd thousand just a year, year and a half ago. But because of that, they are able to detect uh, if this happens, this is likely to happen, right? Based on all that data they're collecting and monitoring 24 hours a day. Um, and what's really fascinating is that they've only penetrated 1% of the diabetes patients in North America. So they still have you know, nine, 99% left to go. Not that there won't be other players in this space and competition, not that everyone is gonna have a company or a health insurance plan that's going to offer to pay the $75 a month uh, to Livongo. But there's still a lot of runway just with diabetes, and Lavongo is only operating in the United States prior to this merger. All right, yes. um, so you still have, you know, for example, there's 175, 74 other countries that Teladoc operates in, and we'll kind of get into that later in this episode too. Uh, but Jordan, when you take like, what, what, how would you explain Teladoc? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna, add, I was gonna add on something with the Lavongos that. Um you shouldn't really downplay that it's just diabetes, right? Because it's any any sort of chronic condition that people have. Today. 70% of all of our healthcare spending goes towards chronic, like dealing with chronic conditions. And so, you know, of which diabetes is probably a pretty significant portion of that. I think heart disease is probably a little bit more, but, um, but yeah, but I mean, today, it, it's today they're only doing it right now, but I mean, they could eventually get on and start dealing with other sort of chronic issues um, that you then have more real-time feedback, right? And you're going to have healthier patients, lower costs. It'll be great. Teladoc um, platform for um, virtual doctor's visits, right? And so they go after um, big companies. They sign up a company and say, you know, you're going to pay however much per head um, to have access to Teladoc. And then um, that's just another feature in the healthcare for each one of these uh, employees to be able to take advantage of to, you know, do a doctor's visit, do a doctor's visit basically online. Um, and so they, they basically they get paid per head. And that was what I was saying about their utilization rate is that, um, you know, with their utilization rate being less than 5%, that could be in a dangerous place of, you know, is this really worthwhile? But I think that now that people have seen that convenience and they've actually tried it out, you know, and they don't have to go sit in the doctor's office. They don't have to go drive and wait. They can just do it from their living room. I think I think uh, it can take off um, even even more than it has just during the pandemic. 
And so, Jordan, they have, like, Lavongo. It's essentially they're building out the world's largest doctor's office, right? I mean, realistically, that's what they're doing. Um, well, and so, the way they get doctors is I'm sure they've got full-time doctors, but they're also tapping into doctor's networks. And basically, if you are if you get free time and you're a doctor, you can just take some virtual appointments also. You don't get paid as much, but they're also a lot less hassle. Um, and a lot, yeah, you know. and so it's the world's largest doctor's office and be, they have scalability because there's actually there's no office it's technology and it's data and it's cloud and it's uh you know it's process right it's process and by the way the process and we're going to get into this later in our data segment so guys stick around for a data segment we'll actually pull out some of the social uh mentions uh and how people think uh, about Teladoc, uh, how they perceive the service, the, the sentiment towards that brand. But it, they have the ability to essentially automate and, and tweak that process. And, and they have such a head start. Guys, this is really about first mover advantage because Teladoc today is imperfect, right? Most people really like the service. Some people have complaints about it, but they're fixing that now, right? And could you imagine how much better this virtual doctor's experience gets over the next four to five years with all the learnings that Teladoc is getting right now that no one else has access to, right? There are these little tweaks. We, we come from a software background, right? So before we were dumb money, um, we were operators in SaaS software businesses. And the one thing that you have to understand about operating such a business is it's constant tweaks. It's constant edits and revisions to process flow uh, and to feature sets, right? It's constant listening to your customer base. And these things are really important when you're trying to build out something that requires a change of behavior and requires that your customers love the new experience, which we'll, we'll find out if they truly do love it when we look at the social data later in this episode. Um, and we've had people say that yeah. they wouldn't actually mind if our shows were um, four hours long. But here, here's, what, <laughs> here's what we're thinking, okay? And, and other people wanted to know, you know where the clock is because it's, it's literally right here. I, I've written down. <laughs> so every, here's, the, here's my thought. Every 15 minutes, we want to have something exciting, right? Something worth watching. So we kick off the show. In the first 15 minutes, we're going to get into that main subject. The second 15 minutes, we're going to have a, the first feature, which is today it's going to be all about show me the data. Then we're going to have uh, our, our secondary topic or headlines or some like something else for the day. Then another feature. And then, I mean, th we're trying to put a little Josh, structure in there. Josh, this seems so organized, Dave. Well, what I mean, is, it's very loosely organized. It, it literally is just like, you know, four lines on a half a piece of paper. <laughs> Where does my rant, <laughs> where did my rant fit into the schedule? Anywhere do I, you want. Do I have to schedule them? No, no. I can just, rants are unscheduled. I can do that. I mean, that's, I mean, this whole thing is pretty much a, a continuous rant. <laughs> but... Are we supposed to call Chase, or is he calling us? I did get his I login. Oh, you know I, the Zoom or the Skype. Yeah, I have his. Wait, I, it's it's in I it's in the text. Him. You want me to see if I can reach him? He, wait, he sent us his Skype. Yes, it's that cryptic thing. Let me just see. I, I didn't can. see it. He didn't. He it's didn't in include to me. Well, you're on the group text. Oh, he sent. Oh, a different group. No, it's <clears throat> it's in the group text with just you, me, and him. Nope. I don't have it. I, you must have... Oh, I see. I see. It's that it random okay, gotcha. group of letters. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... So it's ringing, 11, but Listen, I, Can I just say something before we get on with Chase? Because <clears throat> I know Chase likes to talk as much as we do. <clears throat> um, 
I there are so many other companies in the space that are tiny, and that this is why it's so great to be a first mover and to to, to get as big as they're getting right now, uh, Teladoc and Lavongo, the ability to acquire. But let me just say this: blood pressure monitoring. Okay, I, all right. They, there are companies that can detect detect a UTI, ur- urinary tract infection, 3.7 days early, okay? They can detect depression one week early, probability of a fall 10 days early. This is all wearing using wearables, right, and medical devices with remote monitoring. So, like, Lavongo is not the only one in this space. There's tons of others, but Lavongo is about to be the biggest, most well-capitalized one in the space, to be able to do the acquisitions of these other companies and pull all of this together and leverage this remote monitoring. Because really, if you're one of these remote monitoring services, are you going to hire a global sales force to sell one type of remote monitoring service? That's insane, right? Yeah. That will never work. That will never work. You have to be part of some something huge. All right, let's just let's call let's call Chase. Oh, there he is. You already did. Okay, here. Chase, let's just add him to the conversation here. Hey Chase, have a beef with you, by the way. First of all, first of all, hold on a second, guys. Before, before. <laughs> oh, he's been watching from home. Before we move forward, I'm not gonna. I'm not starting with this discussion at all until you people hit smash that like button, <laughs> hit subscribe. Chase, you. We're not talking about virtual care. We're not talking about telemedicine until I see a few subscribers. <laughs> Here right now, Dave. He's learning. That's awesome. He wants to be a YouTuber so bad. (laughs) Dave, Dave, you tell me when you see it, man. I'm waiting for it. Let's let's see a couple of them. We We, have 182 likes right now. We're about to see a burst of them as soon as uh, as soon as this. We're on a little delay. Boom, up to 196. That was that was great. Thank you guys. Thank you for the likes. Thank you, you, Chase. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, all right. Now our beef with Chase, dude. You know that your job is to be our health arm, our med arm, okay? Why were we not invested in Livongo a year ago, Chase? Explain yourself right now to us. Yeah, so um, first and foremost, with Livongo, you know, there's a number of companies in this whole category of chronic degenerative diseases or chronic disease management, remote patient monitoring that I've been tracking for quite some time. There's quite a number of companies in the mental health space. There's quite a number of companies in the cardiometabolic space, i.e. diabetes, hypertension, companies like Livongo. Uh, there's companies in the musculoskeletal disease space. Uh, Hinge Health is an example of, uh, of one of the companies. And you know, one of the questions that I had in my mind was, first and foremost, is this a commoditized service? And question number two, will payers build this model out themselves as an extension to some of their existing solutions to help employers lower their costs as we've seen regulatory changes taking place? And, um, you know, we've seen, uh, for example, United Healthcare recently launched their own solution um, for uh, chronic, di- chronic disease management as well as remote patient monitoring. And then we've seen um, uh, other employers. Uh, and, and payers partnering up uh, with Livongo to provide that service for them. And so I struggled as to whether or not this would be an area that would be heavily commoditized or whether there would be a breakout success with true defensibility 
in this market. I had no questions regarding the durability of the market. I did have questions regarding the defensibility and um, you know, really needed to see, to see this come to fruition more and more before ultimately realizing the power of, of the network effect that Livongo has and how they are quickly also expanding into many of these other disease verticals, such as behavioral health, such as uh, musculoskeletal, such as um, a lot of the future efforts that and work they're going to be doing downstream from hypertension and diabetes by going after uh, other cardiometabolic disorders that diabetes and hypertension causes. So, um, you know, I, I was questioning, uh, questioning myself, uh, which is why I, I did not bring it to you guys. And, and that's Chris, fair. Here, that's, that's it. Fa- no, that's that, that, I'm, I'm, that's a fair. That's a fair answer. Um, so where, do you still are you still questioning it today or has that viewpoint changed somewhat? Does this merger change the way you think about that? Yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, when, when I look at what's going on right now between the, the Teladoc and, uh, and Livongo merger, you know, th- I mean, th- this has changed the whole landscape. Like I like I mentioned in my article, I, I really do think that this has completely changed the game for tons of of early stage companies that are building out their solutions for chronic disease management uh, and remote patient monitoring. It's changed the landscape for telemedicine and telehealth. And I'm, I'm gonna explain to you why, for two reasons. Reason number one, reason number one, Teladoc has owned the one-to-one relationship between doctor and patient. The area that they've struggled is how do you track patient progress between visits within this virtual within this virtual landscape? By buying Livongo, not only have they solved that solution, but also combine that with the in-touch health acquisition that Teladoc made uh, quite recently as well, and it's clear that they are the dominant player within this space. Can you explain that other one that in in touch? Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So in touch health provides hospital to home uh, solutions, really, really facilitating the transition from a patient who's at a hospital and they're moving to be treated at home. So it really it's technology that really helps streamline that whole experience. I want to read you guys something, you know, from uh I, I asked uh, Bob Wachter, actually, I, I didn't have an opportunity to include his comment. He's the, the chief medical officer at uh, UCSF. I want to read this to you because I didn't have a chance to include this in the article. I asked him, I said, Bob, what's your perspective on this? He's, he's considered uh, you know, one of the leading chief medical officers, CMO of UCSF. Um, he's, he wrote the book, The Hospitalist. He also wrote the book, The Digital Doctor. And he's considered an expert within healthcare technology. I want to read you this when I asked him his perspective on the merger. The most profound change to the health to the health to healthcare that COVID will leave behind is that it allowed telemedicine to finally reach its tipping point. But if all telemedicine does is replace office visits, it won't be transformation. Combining telemedicine with the capacity to engage patients in part by monitoring digital data streams, whether blood pressure, weight, glucose, or others, and give them advice and tools that lead to meaningful behavior change, that has the capacity to be a game changer. This merger creates the possibility of an integrated solution that combines telemedicine with a platform that can take advantage of digital health 
to advise patients and promote behavioral change. In that way, it's a very attractive package. And I can imagine many health systems choosing to take advantage of it rather than trying to build these capacities themselves or buy several different third-party products and start the hard work of integrating them. Whether it is to do better chronic disease management or to create better capacity for hospital at home or hospital to home, the capabilities embodied in the combined company are relevant and attractive. Imagine a patient being discharged from a hospital after a COPD or asthma exacerbation or an admission for out of control diabetes. The ability to measure key physiologic parameters such as airflow, oxygen, sat, and glucose and combine them with patient reported symptoms to monitor all of these digital data streams through both AI-based technology and care traffic controllers. I love that word, care traffic controllers. <laughs> Finally, to seamlessly insert a televisit with a doctor or a coach, this will be the crux of modern disease management. So there is a lot that changed with changes with this merger. You know, I went from bearish on Teladoc to bullish on Teladoc. You really were so, bearish on Teladoc. I remember that. I, I spoke to you a couple times this summer, and uh, you know, you were talking about how you're done. You know, you're kind of out of Teladoc, and you know, and I was like, okay, I was kind of second guessing. I think I sold some of my Teladoc, not all of it, um, but I, I appreciate the transparency in your thought process, Chase, because. Listen, and you know everything we do is scenario modeling, and you have the scenarios change, and there's never one scenario. There's always lots of different scenarios, and we have to try to identify the most likely scenarios, figure out how they play out, and how that is going to impact companies that are investable. And that's what we're trying to do on today's episode. We're trying to figure out what what do the scenarios look like for digital health and health in general the next decade, decade and a half. And it seems to me, correct me that I'm, if I'm wrong that the scenario there's a, more scenarios than not that lead to the entire digitization of health over the next decade decade and a half right where you probably have three two or three monsters maybe it's an apple maybe it's an amazon and then maybe it's someone from outside the existing monster space right now like it could be this it could be the teledoc lavongo merge or whatever this happens to be and don't you see um there's so many companies doing what lavongo does but in like different little sectors, like there's one I read about that measure that monitors your interocular eye pressure 24 hours a day, right? There, 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 there's all these little companies. They will have the power now to acquire all these little companies. They're doing one-offs like that, right? Because the one thing they all need is probably the same thing that that Lavongo needed, which was distribution, right? To to basically the connectivity, right? Yep. Uh, to to the doctors, and so it only gets bigger. It's kind of like the Amazon snowball, where it's like the bigger Amazon got, the bigger it's going to get. You know what I'm saying? Did you is that true? Is that a is that a is that a realistic statement? I definitely think it's a realistic statement. The TAM is growing within this space uh, for digital health. I think this is going to be the decade of digital health. Health total health addressable market for those. That, you know, Chase is a venture guy. Uh, like us, I think Chase is 50, 60, 70, maybe 100 early stage companies he's invested in over the past uh, you know, decade. And uh, so they don't, not all of our followers know all the lingo, but that total addressable market, guys. Go ahead, Chase. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. 
So uh, what the TAM means, total address addressable market, is essentially, uh, you know, what is that total addressable market? What is the market size of, uh, you know, of, of the of the of the landscape for, for example, chronic disease and remote patient monitoring in cardiometabolic disorders? Um, and when we look at the TAM or the total available market size, um, you know, this is one of the key factors that venture capitalists look for when they're investing in early stage companies. They want to make sure there's enough white space, there's enough expansion opportunity uh, for those companies to, uh, to 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 really grow into its valuation. So I apologize for uh, no, 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 no. That, that that's great. And so do it, you know anything about the Levant? Listen, we're generally we generally don't really care that much about teams here when it comes to our style of social arb investing. But when we're making a social arb trade potentially on something like this, it's a, that's a generational game changer that we could own this as a social arb trade for a decade potentially, okay? The same way we've owned Amazon for a decade and, and Apple for well over a decade as a social arb trade because the market never fully catches up to appreciating the, 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 what's happening in the space until it's already done. Mm -hmm. uh, we're kind of, I'm kind of viewing this as one of those potential trades for us. And, and for that to happen, you actually do need to have super competent management. Um, I, do, I did read that on uh, Glassdoor, the Lavongo CEO had a perfect score, 22 uh, ratings, so all 100, which is pretty rare for a CEO. People love to rip on the CEO on, on Glassdoor. Their net promoter score is an 84, which is outstanding. Um, Teladoc, later in this episode, Chase, after we after we get off with you, we're going to go into some of our data uh, on, on just uh, social sentiment that customers have towards Teladoc, which are, is generally really good. Uh, what do you know about the management teams here? Do you have any, or what's their reputation, uh, if you know, if you know in yeah. this space? Yeah, of course. So you're talking about, uh, you know, let's start off with Lavanga. Um, you know, you've got Glenn Tolman and Zane Burke, who, by the way, are, are great human beings and, and great individuals who, um, you know, look at their backgrounds. Uh, Zane was formerly the president of, of Cerner. And then you've got Glenn, who is formerly the president of, I believe, Allscripts. So these are individuals who have run electronic health record companies, um, number two and number three in the space after Epic. And so they have a tremendous amount of familiarity with, uh, you know, with, 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 with the most fundamental infrastructure in digital health history, the electronic health record. So they started there. These are industry insiders who, uh, who, who, have a, who have a very unique ability to spot regulatory change and create moats around a lot of the regulatory changes that are taking place. And Glenn and Zane, they spotted this, you know, with, with remote patient monitoring and this chronic disease management side of the table that Livongo uh, handles through their solution. They saw that there were a number of regulatory changes where literally, do you guys realize how fundamental this is? The whole concept around, you know, the way that Lavongo makes money is on a per patient per month basis. Yeah. 75 bucks a month it's right the, there. What is that? It's a subscription that software model like? that we all love. Yes. It's exactly. not the traditional healthcare model that we all hate. Exactly. It is recurring revenue. It so, is recurring revenue. Yeah. What? And, the, so and everything sounds amazing. love it too, right? Because then they get better data. You get better standard of care. Hopefully fewer problems down the road, right? And so it's gonna be a lower cost for the insurance companies overall. 
Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, Jordan. So, so Chase, by, by let's talk way, about let's talk about why the market's reacting the way it is, though. Why are these stocks as soon as they announce their merger, they're they're off twenty percent? Is this? It's because of what Chase just said. It's because on the Lavongo side, the Lavongo investors are in Lavongo for what Chase just said. They love that pure model. But, it's SaaS. They're such believers, and they don't want it. To, they don't want. They don't to want get, to be diluted get by diluted the diluted down. Yeah. But with, what about the Teladoc investors? Do they not what? like? Do they not like adding this new subscription model? Do they not like being able to take a thing that is doing well in the U.S. and taking it out to all the other countries that Teladoc is operating in? They think they overpaid. You know, like the Teladoc doesn't really understand the other side. Those investors and they're like, they see Lavongo the run-up being so extreme, and they're like, oh my gosh, did we just overpay for this? Uh, I, I think they don't really understand the model. Listen, I totally get. I totally get why the market. By the way, Dave, there's more to this story because people have made so much money in both of these stocks. Yes. This is a natural exit point. Okay, It's a natural exit point now that they're going to merge. People are thinking it's a bigger company. This is a natural exit point for, for traders in both stocks. They're not thinking through it clearly, I don't think, at least. Okay? Well, so I, I also want to make sure we have time to uh, get some questions from the people watching at home. Uh, so if you drop it into the live chat, we'll be able to uh, pull it up here. Yes. Uh, earlier, ask. Michael asked if you have thoughts on Oak Street Health. Goal similar to Lavongo on future profitability, on controlling the entry of a healthcare consumer. Lavongo much further, in my opinion, uh, and benefit of telehealth. Do, do you know much about them? It's an $11 billion company that just recently hit the market. I'm I'm not familiar with with Oak Tree. Um, I've been following a lot closely ever since this this uh, this merger. I've been following a lot of the companies in the private market a lot more. You know, if you look at what's happening, for example, and you know, I've, I've been also I've been following the the CKD chronic kidney disease end stage renal disease space, where you have companies like Cricket Health, Strive, uh, Somatis. You've got Davida that's now trying to enter this space. Davida is now trying to become, um, you know, this this more, uh, you know, this fully integrated virtual care solution so that between dialysis appointments, they can better track patients. You've got competitors to Livongo like Amada. You've got a lot of companies like Ginger.io, Lyra Health, TalkBox, a number of the uh, TalkSpace, a number of the companies in the behavioral health space that I've been uh, closely monitoring as well. Um, I mean, you guys know me. Uh, I'm, I'm more focused on the private markets than I am the public markets. And that's why it's always an honor to be on here with my my three mentors that, uh, you know, again, I just want to say this, by the way, to the viewers, every every single um, uh, uh, decision I make when it comes down to investments in the public equities market comes from the three individuals on here and my future brother-in-law as well, who's really learned the space. And um, I also want to mention, I promised I would do this. You know, uh, one of your favorite viewers, by the way, she's such a massive fan of the three of you guys, my future <laughs> mother-in-law, Sharon Azrin. She's listening yeah. right now. She listens every day when she's doing her walks uh, around the neighborhood. She loves you guys. You guys have changed the game for her. No, she's uh, she's phenomenal. So no. Wait, wait. Also, also, she used to be a Jim Cramer fan back in the day, and and we have we have switched her over, right? Like we have totally won her over. 
Yes. Well, what did she say? What she say? She said she stopped. She had to stop watching him because he's getting on stuff too late, right? <laughs> she, she's, she's noticing that every, all, this, 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 whatever Kramer's coming out with is a few weeks after whatever you guys are talking about here on Dumb Money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this, this would be the one. We've exception. noticed that too. This would be the one exception. We're, we're super late on this subject, but yes, so 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 true, so true. Hey, produ- I know there's a producer on right now, by the way, watching this episode. So uh, you know, let's uh, let's Sh- see. There's shout out to Kramer's producer. Honest. Thanks for. Thanks for watching. Um, so I do. <laughs> All right, Dave, I've, I've got a question that we can bring up. Um, Brennan Cowley Adam, why couldn't Apple almost, um, why couldn't Apple do almost the same thing um, and erode the market share? Um, the biggest thing is that they're consumer products, right? And so these are all medical devices that they're, uh, they're innovative. Apple, has though. created. Yeah. Yeah. So right. Apple, Apple, Apple is creating a lot of the hardware infrastructure that that is that is creating even greater amount of fertility within this uh, within this ecosystem for remote patient monitoring. I mean, the the fact is that people. I mean, the the, the what 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 Tim has been talking about doing with um, enabling greater amounts of of, uh, of patient vital uh, management by enabling patients to monitor the SpO2 levels on a regular basis through the Apple Watch. Livongo is using information from from the iPhone, uh, from the Apple Watch. Um, and is providing remote monitoring, uh, is providing uh, you know patient reminders through these different types of systems. So their whole coaching uh, remote patient monitoring infrastructure is 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 really something that is uh, you know is fueled by companies like Apple. Yeah, and don't you think that Apple? First of all, they're so slow; they're ridiculously slow when they do things, which is fine. Um, they will likely start off in this space over the next five to ten years as trying to be a primary tech and hardware solutions provider in partnership with Lavongos because Apple could see this as a, the opportunity to sell hundreds of billions of dollars of devices that will likely get updated every year. Right. So like imagine how often we update our iPhones. Now imagine how often you're gonna want to update that monitor that's responsible for your health, right? So you'll be recurring that every year. I can even see Apple doing a subscription model like you do with the iPhones now to where you'll get the newest and greatest heart monitor every year. You get the newest and great and like they're already building this stuff in, right? To their watches. So I think Apple can be huge in this space. And it actually help a company like Lavongo Teladoc. Now, do we think they'll do hardware beside the watch for uh, for monitoring? So, do do I think Apple is going to yeah. add additional hardware infrastructure? I mean, I, I see that Apple is investing. Companies like Apple, Amazon, Walmart, you know, they're all uh, they're all making moves directly within the uh, digital health vertical uh, because, again, healthcare has become. Healthcare has become more consumerized. We've been seeing the consumerization of healthcare. So as it becomes more consumerized, as we see individuals taking ownership over their health, I will not be surprised at all if Apple creates more hardware infrastructure. But look in the last couple of years alone. I mean, I've got this device. It's an Alive Core device. This is a, a six lead. E- I can run a six lead EKG with this small device that enables my provider to monitor me you know, between my appointments, I don't need to wait to go see my, you know, my, my primary care doctor, cardiologist. I'm getting monitored in between. Um, you know, th- there's new studies that came out showing that it can monitor things like hyperkalemia, which is something that uh, 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 something that when you have too much potassium in your blood, um, if you're a patient that is on dialysis for those companies I mentioned earlier in the chronic kidney disease and stage renal disease space, we have Bluetooth 
thermometers that updates and uploads information directly to my Apple Health. I've got a Bluetooth blood pressure cuff. I mean, everything is moving uh, from a hardware innovation perspective. I think we're going to see beforehand we saw a, a tidal wave of innovation. I think now for this next, de next decade, we're going to see a tsunami of innovation uh, within the field, not to mention a tremendous amount of consolidation uh, within the space, uh, you know, over the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's really important to be well capitalized. Dave, that company you mentioned earlier, I think the knock on them uh, is that they are not quite as well capitalized uh, to, to set themselves up for, you know, tremendous growth and acquisitions uh, as obviously Teladoc uh, Livongo is. So, um, and I think in, that's, a big, whole, I think that's, a, that's a big piece of this. In what what are we you know what is the best way to look at these two though? Are we are we just do we just buy one and wait for them to merge? Is there one that is that is moved too far down and that's the better one to buy? How how should I be looking at this, Dave? I think I think if you're looking at it like that, I, I I've seen a lot of debate over which one is better or underpriced right now going into the closing, assuming that it does close because it might not close. There's always a chance it might not close. Um, I'll tell you how I'm doing it. I'm buying both. So I, in fact, I bought more Lavongo while Chase is talking during our episode. I double <laughs> down on my Lavongo. I'm probably going to double down on my Teladoc. I want to have a nice chunk of this. I see this uh, the same way that uh, you know Peloton is my big cap play on the future of at-home uh, connected fit fitness. You know, uh, Apple obviously is Apple. Amazon on everything else. I think Lavongo Teladoc for me is my big cap uh, public uh, trade on connect on on connected health for the next decade, right? The digitization of health. So I'm going to own both. I'm going to assume the merger goes through. It all gets worked out, and I don't think there's going to be more than a few percentage points difference uh, by choosing one over the other. Quite honestly, and I and I'll tell you just to add to what Chris is saying. I mean, even and and that's why I don't understand. You know. I, I really wish we could bring on individuals from, you know, who, who are contesting this uh, and, and, and are upset about this merger. I wish we could bring them on the show and do a little <laughs> debate because I will tell you, Livongo on its own was on its way of become on its way to becoming a hundred billion dollar company. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying I'm, I'm really trying to understand now. Now, the last vertical. Now, this will be really interesting. They it's clear that they now own virtual care. Teladoc and Lavongo. If this merger goes through, the combined entity, which I'll call Televongo for now, will own virtual care. <laughs> I, I saw that in your article. I, I mean, that, that sounds like you should be the marketing team, too. Hey, I love it, right? <laughs> Tel Televongo. Well, the really interesting piece is how do we, how do we take what's hap happening virtually and merge it with the physical? So uh, really ensuring continuity of care across the virtual spectrum, making sure that there is a single a single electronic health uh, medical uh, a, a single electronic medical record for that patient, so that when you're seeing your doctor physically, all of what's happening virtually as well is also seen by that by that provider. That'll be really interesting. I mean, you know, it would be if it, it, I mean, imagine if uh, if this combined entity went after like a a one medical. Or, um, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you, you talk about owning the space. That's that to me is the last frontier that they can go after. But there is so much white space right now on the virtual care side. Again, Lavongo is just in it. They're, they're, it's only in the U.S. It's only being used in. It's only here in the U.S. Teladoc has the ability to expand this puppy overseas internationally. 
I mean, yeah. just imagine the growth just off that alone. And um, you know, when I when I spoke with uh, when I spoke with David Sides, the COO of Teladoc, um, and interviewed him for the for the uh, for that Forbes article, uh, he mentioned like it's it's starting as soon as this week where they're taking advantage <laughs> yeah. of, um, of, of doing a lot of expansion opportunities through this partnership. So. And it's, it's, it's unheard of. The idea of a company merger that, that happens immediately and starts actually integrating services and products across. I mean, I've, I've been a part of acquisitions and they have not been like that. So to, to have that kind of team that, that, I mean, these are brand new companies too. So, so that's, I mean, not brand new, but they're, they're in, they're the next generation of company where, a giant old slow moving company like Yahoo when I worked there 10 years ago when whenever the acquisitions happened it just took forever for anything to actually turn into something but dave that's i think that goes into why people don't necessarily like the merger because look look at how aggressive they were merging these companies so far in advance of the way anyone thought they would generally i don't think people that own stocks that are high growth like this love acquisitions and mergers they just want to be in that company through the high growth stage they like you know the acquisitions do well for stocks when you have kind of flat companies that they see the merger as an accelerator to kind of get them juiced up again in growth neither of these companies needed any help with growth right now so it was a little bit shocking to the shareholders like wait wait, wait what everything's going great what are you doing like why are we messing with a merger right now but once you get past the noise once you get past that noise, you see it's just so clear. It makes so much sense, right? Not just in terms of the synergies, but in terms of well beyond synergies and cost savings, how this will actually accelerate the growth, especially for Lavongo, okay? Especially for Lavongo. So I love it. I agree, Chase. I agree with everything you're saying, Chase. It makes total sense. Um, we love – thank you for coming on the show today, man. We re really appreciate it. Really appreciate. It. Now, now the next time you get hyped on something, anything related <laughs> to health or med, you got to come on the show and tell not just us, tell everyone. All right, the whole dumb money uh, universe. Well, I have one last. I have one last question for Chase. So, yeah. like, so these two companies are coming together. Obviously, that's going to provide some data insight to the doctors that are on uh, Teladoc. But then you're talking about EKG devices that are another company, and then I'm sure there's just tons of different devices that you could wear at home. To measure your health, what does the picture for all this data look like? And is there going to be a player, and it could it be Teladoc or Apple or somebody like that, that could be the aggregator of this data that then gives it to the doctor and, and helps paint a more complete picture of a patient's health? Um, or is that still kind of all, you know, not defined yet? Well, we we have a we have a whole uh, we have a whole ecosystem actually around uh, around. I mean, what you know, which aspect of the data, right? How do you maintain the how do you maintain the security and encryption of the data that's being captured in a safe and secure way? I mean, I don't know. If there's an investment that we all did in a private company called MedCrypt, which uh, the whole goal around that is is maintaining the um, you know maintaining the uh, you know maintaining the security of patients' data directly from medical devices. You're going to see a whole ecosystem. When you say companies. we, do you mean like are we in that too? All of us, all oh, of wait, us. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure. I, 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 I don't I even know. You have us invested in so many of these early stage med tech companies. I don't even know what they are, quite honestly. I, I need a spreadsheet. Dave, do you have a spreadsheet? I have stuff? a spreadsheet. I know which ones we're in, but I don't specifically. I mean, some of them are funds that he's invested in four companies within one right. SPV. So 
it's yeah. it's hard to keep track. So I, I I've set up Google alerts though for all of the names so that that when there's a news story about one of the companies that I am, am partially tiny in a tiny way invested in, um, I get alerted about that. So yeah, no, no, but the the high level Jordan to your point is. The great thing about, um, you know, when we think about the, the when we think about patients data, again, there's going to be an ecosystem of companies that you know, we're already seeing right now that are that are helping um, that are helping manage the, the data component. But I mean, look, I mean, you saw what Flatiron Health did with uh, with patient data and the oncology space. Uh, you know, they were they were bought out by um, by Roche um, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, again, I mean, you know, the the, the value in, in what we're discussing right now is the data, and that's that's an that's an enormous asset that uh, Teladoc and Lavongo have that they that they really they haven't even they haven't really done uh, haven't you know think about think about monetization if they do ever decide, and and they're not doing this, but rem- imagine if they ever do decide to go and monetize and build relationships to expedite clinical trials. For pharmaceutical manufacturers, I mean that's a that's a, a an enormous opportunity um, yeah. uh, on, on its own. So again, there is a tremendous of value, uh, you know, in the in the data collection, and we're only going to see more and more data as we see the advent of more devices. Yeah, so. yeah. Applied. I, I love it. They use the word applied health signals. I think at Lavongo, and it's, it's when you just think about that, that's just that absolutely is the future, right? Collecting this data. Um, had, you know, being able to extract signals from the data and bringing it ultimately back to this individual data centric treatment for individuals at the individual level, which is a huge mega trend in health that I can't imagine that trend going anywhere but up, up, up over the next decade, decade and a half. So like they're in the right place at the right time. The only thing these guys were missing was like, like an acceleration of traction and massive capital. And now they have both. It is like the perfect storm of events for this merger and this industry sector. It's just, you've been excited about this. You were like, you were in this world so far before it became a thing this year, Chase. And so it's like, you are just perfect place, perfect time. I know you have your own company in this space uh, that we're obviously, I'm invested in. And man, again, thanks for sharing your knowledge with us today and the dumb money community. Really, really appreciate it. I'm going to uh, share a link to the article in our live chat. It's it's way too long and convoluted of a uh, URL to actually type in. But if you just Google, I found it in two seconds by Googling uh, Chase Teladoc Forbes. Teladoc, T-E-L-A-D-O-C. I always spell it wrong. But that you'll find the article, and it's it's actually a really amazing read. Um, so I, I highly recommend everyone go check that out. Chase, I appreciate awesome. it, guys. And it's really always a pleasure and always a ton of fun hanging out with you, Jordan, Chris, and Dave. I love it. All right, now go make us more money and find us new startups <laughs> in the health space and and kill it at your company. Make us some cash. I'm gonna go make us some money right now, guys. And I'm gonna go <laughs> awesome. make money through the recommendations that you guys make. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks so Chase. much. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, everybody. That's that, I love I love having him on the show because it's so enlightening. I mean, there's there's yeah. just. He, he, I, I, there's no I there's no better person to give us insight into the medical side of investing than Dr. Chase. Yeah, Dr. Ch- is Doc, Dr. Chase. Um, you know, it's so interesting. I, he he mentioned Cerner, uh, the Lavongos, you know, management team uh, coming part of them coming from Cerner. 
I remember that was one of my first social arb trades ever in the health space was Cerner. I don't know if you remember back 12 years ago uh, when the Obama administration was coming in. They made a statement or he made a statement uh, before he got elected. I think it was before he got elected that he was going to allocate some insane amount of money. It was like 50 billion at the time, which was so insane 12 years ago to the digitization of health records. Yep. And the second those words came out of his mouth, the second they came out of his mouth, I immediately did. I pulled an all-nighter that night. I pulled an all. I'll never forget that night. I pulled an all-nighter, and I studied every single company that was involved with the digitization of health records. And I had come to the conclusion that Cerner was the kind of leader in the space and the most likely to capture that government money, you know, when it happened. And I got into Cerner immediately. And then when he got elected, I think he got elected after making the statement. I just doubled and tripled down on Cerner. It was my best trade of that entire year, maybe like a two or three year period. And I'll never forget it. And like, I feel like here we are back then. I was like, digitization of health records. How does this not happen? <laughs> this is not a it thing. It has to yeah. happen, right? And now they have the money. I always feel like if you stretch if you stretch your thesis out long enough, like and you can say that there is zero chance that telemedicine and remote monitoring of care and the in individualization of health, there is a 100 percent chance that that is going to happen and take over the health space. Right. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. It's just a matter of when and how quickly. I, it yeah. And I also think the device like being able to me measure and monitor yourself, I think that's going to be a huge trend going forward too. I mean, it's it's like it's like living in a science fiction movie where they right. they can tell you that you're going to have a problem before it happens, and then you can take care of it and not have the problem ever happen. So I'm right. I'm all in. Now, mm -hmm. Chris, you mentioned pulling an all nighter. I know you pulled an all nighter again last night. It's now time to show me the data. So we know that the big hedge funds and investment banks spend tons of money buying all kinds of data to give them an edge. We know that because we used to sell it to them. Chris and Jordan spent years developing software called ticker tags. It was all about monitoring social data to detect the kind of trends that make great stock trades. But we sold ticker tags to another big data company. So now we actually use the same tools that you do, things like Google Trends and Twitter. So today we're going to show you exactly how we look at the data before making a trade. This is, this is exciting. And Chris actually did research and pulled charts in advance. And so I'm, I'm excited to see what you've, uh, what you've uncovered. Okay. Well, Dave, um, first things first, um, there is data that anyone has access to, right? Like we all have access to, to Google trend data. We all have access to social data and we'll dig into some of the search data and social trend data for both Teladoc uh, as well as for, I did I say telecom.com on here? I, I am such an idiot. I apologize. Uh, you did but say. First, before, before we get into search traffic, I, I do want to share some data that I have uh, on web traffic for both of these companies because I think it's really important to understand the acceleration uh, in traffic that has been caused by the pandemic. Uh, and, and it's not just a one-time event. This is a web traffic stat, uh, report, 18 months, 
uh, for Teladoc, not Telecom, for Teladoc.com. And Whoops. as you can see right there, man, look at look at March. Look at what happened to the traffic. We basically saw a 250% move between February and March when the pandemic hit for obvious reasons. Everyone's trying to figure out how can I go to a doctor without going to a doctor, right? And that kind of plateaued. It came down through the summertime. But I, I think, you know, the was most that, Was that around the time uh, the president mentioned Teladoc in a press conference? Because I know that that was the day that I bought Teladoc stock. Dave, that is exactly the day that <laughs> when we bought Teladoc stock. And we haven't looked back from that day. No. Um, but, but yeah, so you're gonna see, what you're seeing here, it would take probably two to three years to get this type of acceleration of um, web traffic to Teladoc.com. And it happened over the course of a month, which is, of course, a big reason why the stock went up earlier uh, in the year. But what's so interesting about this chart is that it's not just a one-time spike uh, that we're kind of receded. We've now seen, what, four months, uh, four to five months of plateauing heavy traffic to Teladoc. So you know how difficult it is to change your behavior. You're not, not going to change the world's behavior in a month. But over the course of a year, yes, you can absolutely change behavior. And I have a feeling, based on what we're seeing in July, uh, you'll see there was a massive uptick in Teladoc.com uh, web visits in July. I think through the course of the fall, when we have more people getting sick, whether it's due to this particular pandemic or just the flu or the stomach virus or any number of things, as we know, sickness generally goes up in the fall. I think we'll continue to see uh, a lifting of web traffic. And that, to me, what I want to see is a solid 10 to 12 months of increased web traffic for Teladoc. So over the course of the next four to five months, I'll be watching uh, this table very closely. And listen, if you want to hop on, whether it's similar web or one of the other web tracking tools, you can't necessarily get 18 months of historic web traffic like I can. Those are premium services. But what you can do is monitor web traffic month over month for the last couple months. So you kind of know where we are now. What you want to look for is can we plateau? Can we stay at this sustained level over the next four to six months? Because that's what it's going to take to really ensure a massive change in uh, in consumer behavior. Okay, that that is, and which is what we're looking for. Uh, now, I think I want to flip over to search traffic uh, for Teladoc. Again, anybody can get this data. Just hop on to G Trends, Google Trends, type in a word. Uh, this is the word Teladoc. This is simply the number of people that are searching for Teladoc. You yeah. see the big spike. Unlike I web see the traffic. Big spike. That, that is the day we bought Teladoc. <laughs> yes. And, but look and, at that second that spike. Well, no, forget about the second spike. That's related to, and again, one thing I always preach when it comes to looking at data, especially uh, Google Trends data, is you have to understand the context behind the data. Now, the context behind that last data spike or the narrative behind why that happened, if you were to pull just a one-week, a seven-day search traffic chart for the word Teladoc, you would see that the vast majority of those searches are for Teladoc 
uh, acquisition, right? Teladoc, Livongo. Um, so that is kind of irrelevant. You almost need to forget about that last spike. It has really very little implication. Now, that said, there are millions of people that are aware of this merger. It's all over the news. And that's going to obviously help their brand because we're not just investors, guys, right? We also get sick. Are we more likely to probably use Teladoc this winter because we're talking about Teladoc today? No, absolutely. How about the thousands? I, I don't want to go to a doctor's office. The idea of sitting in a doctor's office, even if it's completely safe, wearing a mask and all that, still, if I have a choice of having a video conference or going somewhere, I'm choosing video conference right now. Well, I think so. Aren't like 40% of um, like Fortune 500 companies enrolled in Teladoc, right? And so at that point, People might not know, but there's a good likelihood that you have access to Teladoc. You just need to figure it out with your healthcare provider, right? Yeah. And then it could be free to you. And, and Jordan, listen, just today's episode, thousands of tens of thousands of people are going to be watching us talk about Teladoc as investors, but they also get sick too. So actually that last spike, I don't want to say it's irrelevant. It does. It does help. But you have to understand the narrative behind the data, right? We're looking at the data behind the stock. Understand the narrative behind the data behind the stock if you really want to be a great social ARB investor. Um, now, I would like to see even though it looks like it dropped back to normalized levels, it's still up like 50 to 70% search traffic mm -hmm. on a monthly basis from where it was. The chart is a little bit deceptive. Uh, if we go to telehealth, this is fascinating because telehealth search traffic is even higher. Look, it looks yeah. like telehealth is up about 400 to 500% from pre-pandemic levels. Yeah. And I have a feeling that that's going to sustain for the next five to six months. It's something that anybody can check and, and keep uh, an eye on. Same thing with virtual appointment, guys. In fact, of all the of all of the keywords that we're looking at for Teladoc, I think virtual appointment is probably the one that is most important. And look at the lift we're seeing there on virtual appointment. Stunning, actually, absolutely stunning. I would say that's about a five to six hundred percent sustained increase in traffic, and that's something that I definitely want to watch throughout the fall season, guys. We're going to have the most massive change in behavior we've ever seen in our lifetime for health if this sustains for another four to six months. Would you guys agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's already changed, right? If you don't have a real reason to be in the doctor's office, like if it's just truly a checkup, why would you go? I mean, it's like I, everything. I feel, I feel like we're getting used to, I mean, people who never did grocery shopping through Amazon are getting used to that. People who are, uh, you know, didn't have as many premium streaming services at their house have added. You know, I, I just feel like we're, once you've had a taste of the online way of doing things, the offline way seems less appealing, especially when it comes to going to a doctor. That, I mean, do you really like that experience? Uh, other than when you need to, like, like have, I guess, a, put a heart meter on you or something, but now you can have your watch do that. I mean, Dave, this, is, this is the future. Virtually, virtually nobody likes that experience. And we're going to get into that in a minute with our, with our kind of social sentiment and social mention analysis uh, off of Twitter. But look at remote therapy. I mean, this is something that we're not even, we didn't even talk, you don't really think about that in terms of telemedicine, but that's probably one of the easiest areas for telemedicine, remote therapy. Why would yeah. you wanna walk into a therapist's office right now? You could easily do that remotely. There's just so 
much potential in this space, and all of these tags are up considerably. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I, I really love, and I feel like if you're a social arbor investor, you cannot be a social arbor investor if you're not consuming a tremendous amount of social mentions and analyzing sentiment of the conversations around the words that you're studying G-trends on or looking at web traffic for. You have to understand the context. So more people are searching for telemedicine, for teledoc, for remote appointments, right, virtual appointments. But what are they actually saying about this stuff when they actually try it? Um, I spent about three hours last night just reading tweets, reading tweets about teledoc, uh, reading tweets about people that had virtual appointments. And I would say about 90 to 95% of the mentions are beyond positive, right? And we could just we could just read some. Well, guys, you just want to read a couple from this page. I'll read one. You guys can read a couple. Um, I think it's really powerful. I'll just start with the top. You know, Teladoc uh, is, a, is a really a lifesaver for me right now. My doctor isn't always available, like right now at midnight, but I needed a specific prescription and I made an appointment with Teladoc, paid $4 after insurance, talked to the doctor and got my e-script sent. Woo, right? I mean, yeah. read, read some of these guys. I spent it's, 45 it's minutes on hold waiting for my doctor's office to answer. In the meantime, logged into Teladoc and got what I needed, my prescription refilled within 10 minutes. Still made an appointment with my doctor for my regular blood work, but why it's, why it's gotta be so hard? It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be so hard. That's the whole point. Jordan, pick one. What, 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 pick one of these that you like. Uh, just used Teladoc for a video call appointment. Hashtag the future is now. Don't can, pick how my How much favorite. more concise could it be? <laughs> how much more concise could it be? You can tell which, you which, to, you can tell which that, keywords Chris I, was searching for because they're in bold here. So basically, Teladoc yeah. and appointment, that's a good combination because you know that not only people are saying Teladoc, but they're talking about a booking experience and a, making an appointment. So that's that's kind of like an inside look at how, how to search for these kind of things. And, and guys, I wanna say something that's so important and so critical, and this is what hedge funds and quant funds and analysts who work at the sell side banks on Wall Street simply can't or are not willing to do. You know, we spent years coaching them and educating them on how to interpret data sets and they want things that are systematic. They love data, but they don't want to spend the time to understand the narrative behind the data. When you read these tweets, right, when you go on, and by the way, this it's not just Twitter. You can go on health forums and actually read people that have chronic disease and how are they talking about this stuff. You really get to understand the depth of interest, right? The depth of interest is what actually drives the net promoter score uh, like that Lavongo has, for example, of 84 of would you refer this to a friend? Because when someone says, I use Teladoc for a video call appointment, hashtag the future is now, that's someone that's pretty hyped on this on this new way of seeing a doctor and is probably going to tell her friends, tell her coworkers, forget about going to the doctor. You need to do this new thing I, that, I, that I started, that I did called uh, Teladoc. Um but let's jump into Lavongo, right? Lavongo is the other side of this recent merger with Teladoc. Is Lavongo as strong as Teladoc? Uh, do we have a double-headed monster here? It's coming together. By looks of web traffic, it certainly looks that way. In fact, web traffic on Lavongo not is it's not only picking up as in December. impressive. That's that's kind of amazing. It, it is, Dave. That's the thing. Lavongo was on fire 
even before the pandemic, and the pandemic has just accelerated it. It almost hasn't even taken a break. I mean, look at this. Yeah. It's it's con- with one little blip in June, it continues to accelerate through July. It really is unbelievable what Lavongo is pulling off, and that's why some of the Lavongo investors, I think, are a little, you know, a little miffed that they're they- being diluted with with uh, another company. Hey, but if you're going to be to look, they don't. They have to see the bigger picture, right? Look at well, the, but look if at you think about it, I mean, this has got to be totally revolutionary for somebody who has, you know, chronic diabetes, right? Because they can instantly know if there's an issue, so they're not having to sit around and test like once a day or once an hour, however long they do it. Um, it's just continually monitoring, right? Which Absolutely. I think is pretty exciting. Um, and guys, look, look at this. Look at this search traffic, Jordan Lavongo, because. And by the way, that last little bump is inclusive of the merger, so you kind of have to discount that last little bump if you understand the narrative behind it. But for Livongo to be successful, they don't just have to sell companies and health insurers to carry Livongo and to offer to pay for it for the employee set. They need people to raise their hand and say, I've heard of these guys. I'm going to research it, and I think I want to go ahead and do this remote monitoring my company is paying for. They well, that's the whole thing. Is like how many people actually know that their company that they're eligible for these things, and that's I they think, might not know. I think people need to. I think if this, your company's eligible for, or your company's providing it, they're going right. to make that clear. But I think that the way companies need to, you know, find out what benefits people want is people learn about something like this and say, and go to their HR team and say, hey, why do all my friends have this service? Why can't I get it? And that's that's how these kind of companies spread, I think. I think it's a snowball that hasn't even gotten started yet, and I'll show you why in a minute with my last slide on Lavongo. But glucose monitoring, like not super impressive. And this is something that quite honestly – uh, glucose monitoring isn't necessarily accelerating if you look at that Google Trends chart, yeah. um, but it is something that I think can transition over to complete remote glucose monitoring. They only have 1% market share, guys. Lavongo has 1% of diabetics right now. So people simply don't know about them yet. Oh, the last slide's off. The last slide, or the lack of a last slide, I'll you say. You didn't send the last slide. It, I don't have I one. I did. I did send it. It was the social slide for Lavongo. It was just blank. So you probably thought it was a mistake, Dave. Yeah, I thought it was but a mistake. It wasn't, you, you left. You gave me a blank a slide. <laughs> it wasn't. I think a you mistake. need to unplug and replug in your internet box too. You look terrible. <laughs> okay. Listen. It. 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 it oh, hold on. Here. I'm a great comment, by the way. Somebody said Chris looks like a potato. Was a, a potato? S H Z one. I don't know. They said Chris looks like a potato. I'm gonna stop sharing my screen. Oh, I, I oh was, yeah, you look way better now that you stopped sharing your screen. I wasn't using your screen anyway. Oh, Dave, come on! I, I already had the slides. I, I loaded them into my internet box. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, I had a last slide on there that Dave deleted, um, and it was it was a blank similar. slide, folks. It was a blank slide. <laughs> it was similar. To the Teladoc's social slide where I showed a bunch of tweaks, tweets about uh, people talking about Teladoc. Uh, when I went on to search for people talking about Lavongo, something interesting happened. I couldn't find any. There was virtually zero, and I mean virtually zero people talking about Lavongo. What does that tell me? Sometimes the lack of data is your biggest data point, okay? So that tells me 
that this company is barely scratching the surface in terms of brand awareness, in terms of even awareness that it exists. We know that Livongo has huge deals with companies, yeah, but that the companies are willing to pay for this for their consumers. But hey, Chris, are- do we know? Do we know if they actually call their product Livongo or not? Or yes, I sure. Sort of- yes, okay. yes, they do. And they do you know do. what I? I can tell you from my own experience, I did not know how to pronounce the company's name last week when we were when we were telling you that we we're going to talk about this. I didn't even pronounce it right. Yeah. Was it Lovongo? Is that what you said? I, I pronounced <laughs> it like six different ways. I, I yeah. don't know. It was a, it was a really uh, it was a low point for that show. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. We listen, I'm an I'm an investor now. I'm an investor in Lovongo as a result of this merger. I'm an investor in Teladoc. I, I have been all year. These are the data points that I will continue to monitor over the coming weeks and months to understand if traction continues to accelerate for these companies, whether it flattens off or whether it starts to recede. But most importantly, I want to understand the narrative behind the data. And that last slide, if I come back in a year and I actually have some, you know, some tweets about Livongo, that shows me that they're starting to gain traction. Right now, I think that all the opportunities in front of them, you look at these graphs, all the opportunities in front of them. It's a snowball that's just starting to take off right now. And I cannot wait to see the future of the digitization of healthcare with Livongo and Teladoc combined, this dual head monster. I think it is the Peloton of the next decade for health, the Apple of health, uh, the Lululemon of health, (laughs) the Amazon of health. I think this is it. This is the company and the data proves that so far. Chris, if you if we have time for a question, I think there's a good question. If Lavongo from Richard Bell, if Lavongo has only one percent, who has the other ninety nine percent? It has. Right? And I think so. That's so. So that's you know we're not saying that somebody else has the ninety nine. There could be another competitor or two, um, but mostly people are just seeing their doctor like normal. They don't have these you know, these uh, real-time glucose monitors, they don't have this high-end technology. They're probably exactly. pricking their finger once, you know, once a, once every few hours and measuring with strips and things like that. They're not using a high-tech solution. That, that's sort, that is exactly correct. They're just not there yet. So they that's why I would say with 1%, there's still way, way room to grow. It's not like you're taking any uh, market share away from anybody else. This is Greenfield, right? So you can just go- 1% in America, 0% globally. So the whole world's in front of them. Chris, you forgot to say that this is the Tesla of telehealth. (laughs) How did I forget Tesla? Of course it's the Tesla of telehealth. Throw that in there. So that is the data behind the trade. And, and that, that is our look at the narrative behind the data for today. So if you like this kind of content, be sure you hit the like button. It really helps us get this video out to more people. If you really like it, consider subscribing. We do live episodes every Monday and Thursday on our Dumb Money Live channel. We're starting to bring some of our favorite moments over to the original Dumb Money channel. So watch us here, watch us there, wherever you're watching us. Thank you so much for watching. We are Dumb Money and we'll see you in the next one. And if you're on the live channel, you're still with us, don't go away. (laughs) That was a wrap up for the people watching the packaged replay of this on the original channel. Thanks for sticking with us through that uh, weird, like goodbye in the middle of the show. (laughs) Back to the live chat. Doing that, Dave. We probably just lost half our viewers. No, no, no. I, I think I think our viewers are smarter than that. Did you see how many likes we just got? That was awesome. When I said hit the like button, 
They, it just exploded. That was awesome. We're up to 322. For a second, I thought we were shutting the show down. I was like, whoa, wait, don't we still have another... Uh... <laughs> no, we have, no, wait, wait. We have another Let's hour to go. Viewers. I'm not smart enough to deal with this, Dave. <laughs> well, next time, next time I'll say... Okay, this is just for the... It, we'll cut this part out. This is just for the people who are watching the replay. Okay? I, I have to say this. And then I'll say it. <laughs> we need you guys to go over to the regular Dumb Money channel tomorrow or the next day or whenever we have this video up and awaken up that channel by watching that segment and liking it on that channel. Our goal... We haven't done Yeah, that our goal is to... We haven't, we haven't published that channel since we went into lockdown. And the last video on there is basically me doing a very dramatic reading uh, before we showed some stuff that we filmed before we went into lockdown. And that was all the footage. That was everything we've shot. So we, we need to kind of reboot that channel. So we really want everyone here... If you didn't even know we had another channel, our original channel had way more subscribers, but we just kind of put it on ice. So we're we're bringing it back. Bringing it back with shorter content, like yes. shorter form content. Watch us here because that's where you'll see it first and you get the exclusive, you know. And and then my goal is we'll do like maybe two of these per show and then we'll be able to have like it, maybe we can get up to like doing an original post every single day on the original channel that are all like 10 minutes or less. And by the way, Dave, I want to talk about, and in a minute we'll get into a segment I've been waiting for all night. I almost couldn't sleep thinking about this segment. But uh, I want to talk about a segment that we're going to start later this week or next week. I think later this week on Thursday we'll have the first one. A lot of times we get questions. Can you guys explain um, strike price or the importance of a strike price on option investing or just really explain – uh, how a stop loss works, right? As we know, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of investment terms, and you know anybody can look up these investment terms on Google. But we've had real life experience with each of these investment terms. Yeah. We've actually have something to bring to the table, and we love explaining that stuff to you guys. But like, we thought the best like just way today, to like just today. Uh... Chase mentioned the word TAM, and we kind of had to stop everything and say, oh, here's what TAM means. So it's it's almost like this is this is kind of a, a resource that we want to put together so that you can eventually we'll build up this whole library of our unique take on all of these terms that you may have heard but not really understood. I actually have, Dave, a one-hour – I know you're not going to believe what I'm saying, and it's not an exaggeration. I have a one-hour lecture that I occasionally do at universities on TAM. I could speak for a full hour just on TAM. Do you think you can edit that down to that uh, a 10-minute video? Because that's really all the patience I have for TAM. Yes, that's fine. And that's what I'm about to talk about. We are going to start a new segment every week on Dumb Money that we will tape during our live episode and then put on our – old Dumb Money channel as a standalone segment, and we need your help with it, okay? Because we don't have a title. This will basically be a segment for investment definitions, uh, the Dumb Money take on investment definitions, on various investment topics and words and and, and tools. Like, what Wikipedia do we call this Wikipedia of thing? Dumb Money terms, I see. So my my working title for this segment is, is the Dumb Money Dictionary. So if you can come up like with something that. better than Dumb Money Dictionary... Let us know in the comments if you're watching the replay of the live stream, the comments down below. And we're, we're going to have to pick it soon because I think we're going to try to do one on Thursday. Dave, did you come up that last night? Because you didn't have that yesterday. No, I've, I, I don't think you pay attention during our uh, pre-meeting no, exactly calls. What he called it yesterday. I called it that yesterday. I called it that two days, like a week ago. It's in my notes of uh, all of the show ideas that we have. Well, that's a hard one to beat. But who knows? I mean, we have some creative people. If you have an idea... 
uh, post it in the comments. Uh, we will look through them and who knows? Try to be. I, I do like that, Dave. Good job. So um, here it is, right here. Dumb Money Dictionary. By the way, one thing, I want to go back to the show topic of Teladoc and Lavongo. Mm -hmm. I research, and this is kind of cool, uh, in terms of the government uh, impact on their traction. There are 32 states that have recently put in parity laws, okay? And what parity laws mean for health is that you cannot have reduced reimbursement for telehealth than you have for actual in-person health. I think that's just, we'll probably have 50 states within a year or two yeah. that have these parity laws. It makes so much sense. And that is, I think, a huge driver, right, for telehealth and that the insurers can no longer say, sorry, you know, we're not, we're not going to reimburse that or we're going to reimburse that less yeah. because it's telehealth. Now, think about this, guys. So you're telling me that they can get a Full reimbursement on something that is just digital that's incredible because we know the costs are way lower yeah but you don't have to have office space basically you just have to like have one place for one doctor to sit in front of a screen yeah well the biggest thing there is that you're going to increase the quality of doctors that will be um, present on telehealth right because at that point they're getting paid equally for an in-person visit or you know a, a virtual visit i can tell Abs- you megan Abs- so megan is a therapist my girlfriend uh and she complete she moved her trend her entire um practice online before the pandemic because it was just more efficient the idea of renting office space for a you know a cash pay therapist who charges the full rate doesn't have to deal with insurance just charges you still are working for the first three to four weeks of a month just to pay your rent right so it just doesn't make sense and so moving everything online and making it digital it's it, it just makes sense. But how about international now? How about global cooperation on telehealth? All of a sudden, you have access, right, to doctors anywhere around the world. So if you live in a country that maybe doesn't have the right type of doctor for what you need, um, you could technically access them internationally to the U.S., Right. That is just mind-blowing, not just in terms of the philanthropic pieces of that, because like I'm always trying to figure out you know, how can we spend money to really change the game, right, for international health and uh, those in need. And this is one way to do it. You can't just throw money at it before because the doctors aren't even there. But now you just get so many efficiencies out of that. But how about just revenue? Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, these companies, as a doctor in the U.S., Imagine having access to the entire world. How about Americans that live in Mexico, right? Or that, that for some reason they still want their doctor here in the U.S. How about your own, your own uh, clients who move but want to keep you as a doctor? How cool is that? Just here in the U.S. Yeah. Like there's so many implications for this. I'm just I'm hyped on it. I really really am. Then you just have to start worrying about like state, uh, you know, like state registration or whatever like doctors that are allowed to practice in one state and not another but and then and then insurance networks and like what 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 would the effect of that be agreed total scam <laughs> it, it, it it will all get figured out in time yeah. there's no there's no there's no doubt in my not no no doubt in my mind 
Okay, can can we can we get to the part that I've been waiting for all show? Because I I just I really I really can't wait. What time Do is it? it? It's twelve thirty, so that means we're supposed to have already been done by now. No, just kidding. <laughs> We've already gone and over. I, I so just just to give think, people an idea of what the what the planned schedule is, we kick off at eleven central, noon Eastern, whatever Pacific. Uh, and that's that's the intro. We tell you what the show is going to be about. We get right into the topic. Eleven fifteen. Uh, by by eleven forty five, we do our first special feature of the day. Then at the top of the hour, we're we're going to talk about whatever is breaking news in the headlines or whatever random rant we have for the day. So the second hour kicks off with like a, with a bang, right? Then at uh, fifteen after, we're going to do our second big feature of the day, and then hopefully be able to wrap the show up in an hour and a half because we know it's a lot of time to ask you to watch an hour and a half twice a week. Even though, I mean, we literally have people say that they would love to hear rants on uh, uh, on insurance networks. and You're about to get a rant maybe. No, you won't get a rant during this segment, but I, 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 I'm going to try to hold back because I, I have some strong feelings here. Let's do it. Defining dumb money is a, is a pretty good one. Dumb moneypedia. I, I saw someone say uh, the Cam- the Camillopedia earlier. <laughs> oh gosh, no. <laughs> no, can't do it. Uh, so did you? So there were there's like a lot of stuff in the news that I didn't know if we wanted to cover or not. But just school reopenings. We had an episode, and there was a new report out today that the uh, kids have had a ninety percent increase in reported cases over the past you know over in this reporting period. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, I mean, I mean we, low base. Low, from a low base, you got to say from a low base. Yes, right? very low so, base. To, to uh, a low, well, it's a low total number count. But I mean, we we were anticipating. You know, as soon as you start, no matter how safe you are and how much you try to put masks on kids, it's it's going to be difficult. Um. By the way, I, I, this goes hand in hand with what we said for sports. By the way, speaking of sports, uh, Thursday's episode. I think we haven't made a final decision yet. I have a funny feeling Thursday's episode is going to be on the collapse of sports <laughs> and how to make money off of it. That's coming to Dumb Money this Thursday, so make sure you are there for this episode. Um, but what did we say? That'll be a good one. I want to watch that. Right? Well, good. What, You're invited. What, <laughs> you're invited, Jordan. What did we say the last time we did an episode on sports? Literally a month ago, a month and a half ago, I said that they were going to come back. On paper, on paper, they're all coming back, and they're going to fall apart, right? I didn't realize they would fall apart before they actually came back. That, I mean, that was even quicker than I realized. But this is exactly what we said was going to happen. Um, part of the reason why I sold a big chunk of my GAN, and I kept a bunch, but I sold a big chunk, you know, right the second it got... Remember, our, our thesis was... Buy them into the announcement that sports is back and then immediately lower your positions because they'll probably start to fall apart after that. And it, and it, and it did. I think school's the same thing, guys. I think school, everyone's going back to school. Well, I don't know. 70% are going back to school-ish. And everybody is pretending like it's going to be okay. And then it will fall apart. Like it's going to fall apart. Why? Kids get sick. Yeah, that's it. That's all you know. Yeah. Kids get sick. Even even matter. in a non-pandemic time period, the beginning of a school year, everyone gets gets the, a cold, right? But Dave, it doesn't hey, even I'm, matter what they have yeah. because they're not going to get tested for this. When they get sick, 
people are going to assume that it maybe could be this. And because of that, all the schools have policies in place that they're just going to shut down basically those classes. Yep. And, you know, they are going to get this because why gonna, not? I mean, they'll get the flu, they'll get this. Kids, like my kids, I mean, their hand washing is pretty suspect. <laughs> <laughs> they did not do a good job. I saw <laughs> just pick. I saw a pic on, I don't know, a, a Facebook group that I'm on, and it was like Mother's Worst Nightmare, and it was a picture of a bathroom stall in a public school with the kids' legs and their face mask, and they're, and they're, they're, they're going to the bathroom. Their face mask is turned upside down on the floor, right? <laughs> and it's like, that is what kids do. Yes, yeah. the, the face mask that your kid is wearing in school regardless of what it does to protect them from this, it's going to be on the floor. They're going to be like, it's the biggest health mess I could ever imagine. And whatever, however you think politically about this whole thing, the bottom line is the same way we say cruisers going to cruise and they, they're going to cruise no matter what, when this thing is over, kids going to get sick, man, kids going to get sick that you can't stop it. You cannot stop it. And this is going to be a disaster Hey, did Sorrento come up with like a uh, with a new um, like a tongue swab or something like that? That's like a several did. minute test. Like why don't? I mean, it seems like if we could manufacture enough of these things, Jordan, just test everybody every day before they, Jordan, they you'd have to make millions. To be, is that going to be manufactured in scale in the I next know, thirty days? I know, I know, I know, I know. So, um, well, I, I feel like we should let school back in place until we can manufacture a te- test in scale. Well, but that's a whole different debate. I'm just saying kids are going to get sick, man. And so this Thursday, we're going to talk about, it sounds like maybe school because you're very passionate about that, but I think we're going to try to focus on sports and the return of sports and what happens with college football, what happens with the NFL. These are huge questions right now, and there, there's there's a what huge happens, potential risk. Hey, what happens to DraftKings, Penn National, GAN, yeah. MGM, how about Disney? How about the net? There are so many trades. Comcast. Now, another Tomcast. another headline that I wanted to just touch on, and this, this could be a future episode in itself. Putin is now claiming that Russia has a vaccine. He's saying it's safe and effective. They have not yet done their phase three trials, but they are going to give it to people anyway. They're planning to give it to medical professionals immediately. They're going to do mass distribution by October, regardless of results of a phase three trial. They say they have 30 million doses that will be given out. I heard one spokesperson for the country basically saying that people who don't think we're doing this right um, think that we're going to have the next Sputnik. The actual name of the uh, vaccine is Sputnik V. This is this is the time that they're going to win a race by by putting a vaccine out that hasn't yet been fully tested. What largest in phase the world. three trial ever? That's all I have to say. Yeah, it's just largest a countrywide phase, three, phase trial three trial. Right. And look, oh. maybe I hope. Look, I hope it works out for them. I just I really don't want to see people devastated by this decision. But yeah. Well, time will tell. Time yeah. will tell. Um. All right. 
Are, 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 we, are we doing our... Uh, we going to do our final special? segment? Okay. So for Wait, everybody watching the live show, I'm going to do some things right now that sound like we may be signing off. Do not cut away. <laughs> do not leave us. <laughs> because we actually did have a drop-off. We, we currently uh, have 463. Before we did that, we had five, over 500 the last time I checked. So this is, Wait, this Dave, is so going to be... Do you want me to hang up right now? No, do okay. not hang up. Uh, I have to get prepared for this. Um, this is this is where we're doing our head-to-head competition uh, between two stocks, and uh, I have to get ready. So hang on. I we have a whole intro and all of that. So yeah, okay, I have my button. I'm going to push this button right here. Okay, here we go. This is this is actually really I think one of the reasons to watch the live show because you get to see all of the random stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Like I have to remember to take the chat yeah, Dave, off the screen. I didn't, I didn't wear this shirt for nothing today. Like <laughs> I wore this shirt because it, 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 to me, I just, I don't even know what's going on here, but it's like fantasy world. And like what we're about to talk about, I think the investors for both these stocks are in like some sort of fantasy uh, world. So that's why I, I was, I was vibing this shirt today. You um, were in that fantasy I, world for a while, Chris. What? <laughs> I, I was all right, fine. I was there for a little bit. Well, yeah, you'll find out in a minute what we're talking about. I was there. Maybe I'll okay. get back in it. Who knows? All right, everybody, ready? Stand by. This is this is the behind the scenes of making of our uh, other YouTube channel. Today on Dumb Money, a battle between two of the most talked about highest flying stocks right now. Would you rather invest in an old-timey film company that's turning into a drug-making stock, Kodak? Or would you rather invest in the P.T. Barnum, a Tesla wannabe stock called Nikola? Think about it. You can only pick one. You have to pick one. It's time to play Would You Rather. All okay, right, so here's how it works. Okay, here's how it works. Okay. okay, wait, I, I have to do my part first. Yep. Cut that out. <laughs> this is even more fun when we just like go go with it. Here's how it works. We're gonna pick two here's how it works. We're gonna put two stocks head to head. We're gonna tell you what we've learned about each, and then we're gonna decide which one we think makes the better investment. We have to pick one, we don't have to agree, and between Chris's crazy high risk tolerance, Jordan not wanting to lose a dollar, and my pragmatic approach to investing. I don't think we're really going to agree on much, but in less than 10 minutes, you're going to know exactly which of these two stocks we think most deserves our dumb money. It's Kodak versus Nikola. And first up, Jordan, out of nowhere, Kodak stock has taken off and then it's tanked. Tell us what is going on with Kodak. So for our first inaugural stock on this new segment, uh, we've got Kodak. The White House announced uh, on July 28th that they were going to provide a $765 million loan to a microcap stock that actually does nothing uh, to <laughs> create pharmaceutical compounds. Um, so the shares surged about 2,700% at the high. Um, investors were riding high when all of a sudden the SEC came out and said, hey, we see something fishy going on. Um, uh, it started to investigate. The funds got locked up, so they're not being released to uh, Kodak right now. And uh, we're in a holding pattern. Since then, the stocks tanked about 40 or 50%. Uh, while we wait and see the result of the investigation. That's just crazy. Well, I mean, do, do we want to have a little banter about about that? I mean, we, no, we don't even know how this segment No, we got to introduce the other stuff. Yeah, we got to introduce. Okay, then, yeah. uh, then I'm going to go back to this camera and say uh, something. We're going to have okay. to really edit Jordan, this. I'm gonna say, Jordan, no, 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 I let me let me one. be the host. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick, 
So next up, Chris, it's one of your favorite stocks to say, and it's one that I've been steering clear of investing. It's Nikola. Nikola, yes. Last week, Nikola disappoints with earnings. I think I made, I think I paid more money in margin interest last week than Nikola made last quarter. <laughs> Stock dumped. 36 Stock grand, dumped. by the way. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Nicola Nicola dumped 20 or 30 percent on that news. And then their CEO, Mark Russell in Arizona, I think he must have been hanging out at a bar with the CEO of Republic Trash Company, second biggest trash company in the United States. And he somehow convinced him to have a joint press release that Nicola was going to sell him an electrified garbage truck sometime in 2023 i can visualize that conversation hey it's good for us it's good for you you'll get bigger city contracts you'll be an electric gas truck company we'll figure out the details later you know you'll be able to raise more money i'll be able to raise more money just sign here in the dotted line let me get the press release out that press release comes out yesterday <laughs> stock is now up 20 or 30 percent or more i don't know i can really keep up with this company which is better? What, where are you going to put your money? Kodak or Nikola? You have to pick one. I, I didn't sleep last night figuring this out. I know which one I'm picking, and I'm sick with myself for what I'm about to say later. But I have chosen a company, but I want to trash both of them first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are both trash companies. One of them literally apparently getting into the trash game by having this this vehicle that... You know that the only thing that Nikola is good at doing is making Photoshop renderings of vehicles. And some of them are well, really impressive looking. The garbage truck, Dave. They made, a, they made a photo rendering of the garbage truck that was part of their press release. It didn't have the sophisticated part, the back part of the truck. Uh -huh. It just had the front end of the truck. Well, yeah, they're not going to they make that. They're just going to slap someone else's garbage crunching machine in the back. They have to eventually make something, right? I... I I guess. Do they? Do they? Semi, a garbage truck, whatever. My my feeling behind this company is they are they are just in the business of creating hype and not products. They I don't even know if they have any they have, actual technology. They have a very successful product that you're not talking about, and that's their stock. That's yeah, yeah, that, that is true, Dave. They're in the business of making somebody money who's trading their stock correctly, and that's what we have to try to figure out today. Because even if you think they're both trash companies, one of these companies we think is more likely to make us money than the other in a trade, yes. and that's what we're trying to figure out here. Kodak Jordan, that company is so trash; they are worse <laughs> than trash. Okay, let me just okay. I mean, can you think you of a company that has done less in the past Look, decade? I mean, this film is, cameras this don't exist, and Kodak is just a brand. This is like shady government deals. This is uh, this is a bad bit by. Okay. Uh, I, I like though that I saw someone in our Jordan, in our comments said that uh, the only thing good about Kodak is that they have a cool logo. And it is kind of a retro, vintage, cool brand, I guess. And it, it, I don't know if you become a pharmaceutical ingredient company, does that have any value at all? Okay, Dave, they went from film to printers, okay, to pharmaceuticals for a tiny bit where they acquired a pharmaceutical company, went terribly wrong. They had to sell that company at a loss, okay? Uh, through this whole process, they went bankrupt, by the way, to digital cameras, 
to inkjet to consumables such as batteries, right? Yeah. Okay. Then they went back to printers, disposed that, and then finally got into cryptocurrency. They had a Kodak. Crypto. That's right. That's they were right. going to have an ICO. All right. Now, now did, could you comprehend what I'm saying right here? This I've never seen a bigger dumpster fire than this this company. It's unbelievable. And yet now they figured out a way to buddy up with someone in the administration. I don't know who, someone administration to get oh, this. I think, there's, uh, I think there's a person that we can name uh, directly. While you're uh, looking look that, that up. Yeah. I'm going to show you I'm going to show you real quick. I'm going to show you a multi-year chart of what has happened with Kodak, right? It's just been 2015, 2016, 2017. This thing's going down, down, down. But if I just scroll over a little bit, look at this, the end of this chart. That doesn't even make it's sense. Deep. Here's the best part. They want to get into pharma, which I guess is connected to, to, uh, to um, chemicals. Do you realize that they 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 sold off the chemical division like a hundred years ago, like a long time ago? That's now Eastman. Yeah. So Eastman Kodak, Eastman is ten times the size of Kodak. They actually kind of know what they're doing. So if you want to partner with someone to do this, you I think the government for, didn't realize that Eastman is a separate company that they should have. <laughs> but the they problem forgot to is Google the that. desperate company that's looking for any deal is the one they partnered with. So, so what's it going right. to be? So I mean, according to Ben Hunt of Epsilon Theory, the people in the government that were uh, in charge of this whole thing, it all boils down to a guy named Adam Bowler, who's the CEO of the D DFC, government organization, and then kind of approved and uh, championed by uh, Pompeo and Larry Kudlow. So, oh gosh, all sorts, of, all sorts of shady things going on. I can't, uh, I can't do that, dude. The shady characters. Yeah. All right. Uh, can I just tell you this right now? Here's how it's going to play out, most likely. Listen, everything we do is about scenario model. We're social arb traders. We run scenarios for every single trade. We then pick the most likely scenario to determine our trade. Okay, the scenarios that will play out for Kodak, what do you guys think? They're likely, okay, this is a political thing now, right? So it's politics. Obviously, the election is going to go one way or the other. But between now and the election, don't you think that even if you're on the Trump side of politics in terms of government officials, that they're going to probably want to separate themselves from this deal now that it's been publicized as potentially a bad deal with investigations, insider trading, right? Don't you think that even if you're on the side that wants the deal to happen, that you're probably going to separate yourself so that probably nothing happens, at least till the election? Can we all agree on that? I think yeah. that's a... A strong likelihood, yes. Well, and the, this SEC investigation is not going to clear up quickly, right? I mean, it, it could go no. on for months, right? And at which point, they said that the funds are going to be held on through that entire investigation. So, Correct. So I see a, no winning scenario in the short term. I like even it, now the Trump has to win the election for there to be any chance of this going somewhere in the long term. So let's just say that Trump wins the election, okay? At that point... Now you have I, – if Trump wins the election, one of the trades I will make the next morning is buying Kodak. Okay, I will, If I think he's going to win the election, I will buy Kodak. Not because I think that they're going to get the money, but because now the risk-reward has slightly tilted yeah. towards a scenario where they could potentially get the money in the long run. I'll obviously sell the stock the next day right, when it, when it pumps up. But I do think that 
it would have to be the long, long run because this investigation is going to go on for a while, right? It, you're looking at like a year down the road. So in the short run, other than Trump winning the election and it being a one-day trade in Kodak, there is a 0% chance that I am make, that I am picking this as my winner today. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it right now. You, not gonna it's happen. not your turn yet. No. <laughs> I don't care. I, you didn't I even ask you, Chris. <laughs> I don't care. Sorry, so, sorry. That, that that just that's it for me. Go. You can talk all you want now. I am not supporting Kodak. It's not. I will tell you why I'm picking Nickel in a minute. But what do you think? Well, look in our comments. Artie Smith says Kodak aspirin. Your headache will be gone in a flash. <laughs> <laughs> Out of your mind. Okay. All right, what do so, you guys think about Nicole? well, the way the game's played, we each have to pick a winner, and I can tell you that I I don't really have strong conviction about either of these trades. They both have like, like this weird chance of hitting it big, but if you if you put it between Kodak, uh, a junk company, and Nikola, another junk company, <laughs> I mean, and neither uh, is not a choice. I'm gonna go with Nikola. Yes, I can. Why? I have to do I'll it. I'll tell you why I'm doing it in a minute. I'll, why? I'll because because their product is the stock and with Kodak their product is I don't know maybe le leftover film stock that they have left in the warehouse or whatever they tried to make in the past 10 years like some some you know old printers that you can find in the back of a Best Buy does that store or still exist their investments I mean are in their pension fund like <laughs> Has their cryptocurrency gone up through this? <laughs> I <don't know>. I <laughs> no, I definitely don't want Kodak Coin. And if I were going to to pick one purely as which stock do I think has the best chance of having some kind of a run up because people are excited about it and you know that they're going to be cheerleaders where Kodak mice probably is going to have to like put the brakes on when it comes to saying positive things about this deal. Nicola is full force ahead with pumping up their uh, whatever line of products they've uh, drawn up in Photoshop. So my vote is for Nicola. Jordan? Okay, Dave. We're, we're three for three. Really? I, I, yeah, we all agree. It's I, haven't, so weird. I, haven't, I haven't picked Nicola yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have. Well, you've you've uh, not no, picked I, I, Kodak. I have not picked Kodak. I'm gonna. I am gonna pick it. I am picking Nicola, and I'm gonna tell you why. Okay, okay. Dave. It's kind of related to what you said that the product's a stock, which is a better product than I don't know what their product would be at Kodak right now. But here's the thing about Nicola. They are genius in a lot of ways in that they have pushed their product so far down the road, 2024, potentially 2023. But do you know what? For this whole trash truck thing, they could <laughs> delay that to 2026 and nobody would even blink an eye. What's amazing about Nicola is they've gotten all of their traction through collaborations. I'm not even going to call them partnerships. I'm going to call them stock collabs, okay? Because really all they're doing <laughs> yeah, is marketing is. collabs. That's what it is. <laughs> you, know what, you know what's great about that, Dave? Okay, so this week it was the trash truck company. Think about how many more collaborations Nicola can announce over the next six months. Just think about it. Oh yeah, just well that's the thing, it, right? Okay? They could do they could do all sorts of stuff, right? right? They don't have to when, do any of it. They just could do all this stuff. I mean, they oh, could wait, they could when, take they could take a paintbrush in Photoshop and paint one of their yeah. trucks brown and announce a deal with UPS. I'm gonna call something right now today. Okay. The Nicola. 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 Say it again. It's a matter of when, not if. 
Uh, when when we eventually see the U-Haul Nicola collab come out, it will be out in six to nine months, I'm sure. I said it first. The Nicola U-Haul collab is probably good for a 20% move, maybe 30% Nicola stock. So I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not only going to pick Nicola. I'm going to do something even more insane. You know that I sold my Nicola when that douchebag CEO posted that Instagram pic on his private jet in the middle of what has got to be one of the most important times for his company with all of his douchebag yes. friends. like Tre- I, Trevor I, I, Milton, I, I, which which I've ranted about. You've, we, we've all had rants about this guy and his like responsibility to the company and what he's done recently. Dude, Dave, I sold my stock the second I saw it. Within minutes of seeing that, I sold my stock. I, even though I hate him because you can't, you can't, you can't let person personal stuff like no. this impact your investment decisions. I am going to invest in Nicola right now today because I feel like there's about 15 collabs coming out this week. You know, the same <laughs> way that Crocs does collabs, yeah. they're so good at doing collabs with like like celebs and interesting people. I think this guy, as wacky as he is, on his trip to the Bahamas with his buddies in his private jet, I know what he was talking about. He was talking about collabs. He's going to have a collab come out every month for the next year to pump up that stock. And you know what? Every time it happens, I don't want to throw up in my toilet because Nicola's stock is going up on the next collab because I know his plan. It just might work. I will say this. I'm a little nervous about the December 3rd liquid, uh, event. Where this is the lockup event. Okay, they're gonna, The lockups open up on December 3rd. There are so many people in on this scam that are going to be selling into it, Okay, in my opinion. And by the way, who knows? There's still a one-tenth of one percent chance that just these collabs and the money and the fundraising, who knows? Someone real might join the company and figure out a way to make this work. Maybe it is a mini Tesla 2.0 in 10 years. We're, I don't we're know. Gonna have to add, we're going to have to add stock collabs to our dumb money dictionary. You've just coined a new phrase. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm picking the call. I'm actually going to put this real money. money just to stop me from get, getting nauseated and puking when this company announces a new collab every month so I can make money on those things, okay? That's... So no Kodak. You got to go with Nikola as hard as it is to do. You just got to just, just do it, all right? If you have to pick between these two companies, that's the one I'm going with. Even though if you're watching this, we're not financial advisors. We don't know your risk tolerance. Don't do what we do. This is what we're doing. Yes. We're not telling you to do it. This is what we're doing. This is what I'm doing, okay? Are you done okay. with your rant now? I'm <laughs> rant today, Dave. You are I so ranty. They just happen. They have I kind of You know what? I did feel the passion coming on as we were preparing for this segment though, cuz you know like I hate scams. But yeah, That's if, you, if you're gonna make, if there's a way to make money on them, you gotta look, you gotta look for the positive, right? And I think there might be a way to make money off this Nicholas scam. Okay, we'll see. So for the people watching the live show, do not tune away. I'm going to say something that sounds like I'm wrapping up, but we are not going anywhere. Here we go. Oh, I should probably switch cameras so it makes it a little easier to edit. So in the battle between Kodak Nicola, so in the battle between Kodak and Nicola, our final result: Chris, Jordan, and I all pick Nicola. What about you, though? What, which one would you rather? Let us know in the comments. Is it, is it Kodak? Is it Nikola? I don't know what else. What, I don't know how I'm supposed to end this. 
Let us know in the comments. Whatever you decide, be sure to hit the like button if you like this video. Subscribe, hit the bell if you haven't done that already. We do these live on YouTube every Monday and Thursday. YouTube.com slash Dumb Money. You can find us there. Thank you so much for watching. We're Dumb Money. We'll see you next time. Hey, and don't Dave, go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We We're still here. Help. We're still live. Don't don't cut away. <laughs> okay. So, so Dave, we also need help picking these. Uh, what do we call this again? What's it called? This one is called uh, Would You Rather. Would you rather? All right. We, Did you we not see that awesome little picking. intro that we had? We we need we need help with our Would You Rather's. Like like who like yeah, which good head to head competitions. Box we do next week. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Here. Would you rather invest? Like, would you rather invest in blank versus blank? Like, yeah, just we should give us some of your your ideas. Put put that in the comments of this video if you're watching the replay, and if you're watching live, we can uh, we can actually look at some right now and maybe uh, see if there's ones that we want to uh, cover. I made that new animated graphic. You see that? Pretty cool. That was awesome, Dave. You you killed it. (laughs) You killed it. I'm sorry for the rant. I just every time I think about like either Kodak. Or Nicola, man, it drives me nuts. And to talk about both of them in one segment is too much for me. <laughs> I could not hold myself back. It's a lot. There's a lot of stress there. AMD it, it really or is, NVIDIA. V O O or ARC. Square versus PayPal. These are some good ones. IGT yeah, versus yeah. GAN. Pinterest or Facebook. Costco yeah. and Spectrum Brands. Man, I love both those. That's cool. Yeah. Love them, but you buy stuff from at least once a week, both companies. I, I really do. Um, all right, guys. So, like, if we're going to do this sports episode, I got to go right now and start working on it. Because yeah. I, by the way, I, ha- I have not been in Discord uh, in days. I have been. Uh, I, I came back to Discord. It, I think it had been like at least a week, maybe more. Sorry, but I, I answered. I, I basically went through the ones that had me at mentioned and tried to answer as many as I could. I will pop in there today. I'm going to try to pop in today and and kind of catch up. There's so much good stuff going on on our Discord channel. If you guys, if you're not on Discord, get in there, start contributing, uh, share, help help vet some of these ideas. I'm going to do my best, guys, to get in there. I just been so busy, uh, and I want to start preparing for the sports episode on Thursday. But we'll we'll do our best to get in and respond to as many questions as you have for us and contribute where where we can. I'm so proud of the dumb money community uh, contributing in Discord. It's just an absolute beautiful thing that you guys have created for the community and just keep keep it up. That's all that's all I have to say. And please guys, go to like this is really important for us. Go to our old channel, just youtube.com forward slash dumb money and you know check out a couple of these little mini segments that we've been filming. Uh, like them please and we want to get that thing up and going because a lot of people don't have time to watch us for hours at a time and we want to have a yeah, better way of kind of the best of and we'll try to we want to get to a point where we can have something posted every single day just because we know that it is a big time commitment but the people who watch all the way through are our biggest we love you guys we still have 400 yeah. people and and we've already that's amazing made it sound like that's we're amazing. signing off now you don't yeah, know we have some it, big surprise coming up so <laughs> there's, there's no there's no more big surprises here for me i don't think i mean i'll check my portfolio and see sometimes i don't even know when i'm doing stuff i so guys i'm in pretty big on this trade on this um on this health trade the digitization of health i love it i absolutely love the trade um i'm gonna I'll probably get in heavier over time as long as things continue to go in the right direction for these companies and uh, that's it. That's it. This is a great episode. I love it. it was, so we got a new Peloton in our portfolio, hopefully. 
and we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that's I'm I'm looking forward to making some money off that. Even though I don't yet own any, I need to now uh, make sure I go buy some. I wrote down all the things yeah, I'm supposed wait. to say at the end because I'm so bad at remembering them. <laughs> Thank you so uh, much for we'll watching. See. Hit the like button. <laughs> subscribe. Hit the bell if you haven't already. You can subscribe here. We've talked about our other channel. That's youtube.com slash dumbmoney. For some reason, I can't get my titles to come up. I think I broke something with all the other stuff I was doing today. Uh, but, and that's why I can't, like do a thing. Okay, so, hey there, Dave here, Dumb Money, and Dumb Money Live. Those are the three places you can watch us. We also have our podcast. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. We have Twitter accounts. We are, oh, I, I actually should be able to pull up the graphics on those. Here's where you can find us Jordan's on Twitter. Jordan's been on fire on Twitter, so. I love the new Jordan underscore McLean Twitter account. It is fantastic. Yes, yes. It, it, you don't realize it, but it's better in the evening when he's had a few. Uh, <laughs> it, it gets even a little more interesting. No, so far, no, I realize it. I realize it. As soon as as soon as it's maybe slightly dark outside, you know that wheels are off on uh, Jordan <laughs> underscore. That's right. I love it. <laughs> I love All right, it. that's that's it for today. We are dumb money. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will have that show uh, on on sports and the cancellation of sports on Thursday. Until then, I'm Dave Hanson, Chris Camello, Jordan McLean. Thank you guys so much for watching. We're dumb money. We'll see you on Thursday.